I wear a lot of different hats, and uh, besides teaching Torah, I translate and uh, I write books and uh, other oh. things. Um, but the hats that I'm wearing tonight, what allows me or gives me some expertise in the topic about learning, learning with your spouse, is um, being married for 30 years and uh, having a harusa with my wife on and off for those 30 years and wow. still being married. <laughs> and so, uh, and trying to <clears throat> teach you for some, from some of my mistakes and some of my experience. And uh, beyond that, um, most of my teaching career has been with, with uh, adult women. Um, and I've taught all sorts of ages, going from first grade to elderly people. Um, but I would say that <clears throat> probably two-thirds of my students have been adult women, a lot at Midrash And I've learned from my women students that teaching women is different than teaching men. So both as a teacher and as someone who's learned Behavruta with my wife and with alumna of Midrash Rachel and certain occasions, as well as sometimes, you know, I, I teach level three quite often, sometimes there's only one student that shows up. Mm -hmm. so, so I have a Behavruta, <laughs> yeah. um, because that's what it is. And uh, so, so that's the experience I'm coming with and, and sharing um, you know, obviously it's the guy's perspective, but I think I understand the woman's perspective also in terms of tips for what helps you to learn with, uh, with the man, specifically with your husband. Um, <clears throat> so the truth is, when I first, um, you know, maybe I'm, I wasn't as aware as some, some of you are, um, I assumed that I could learn with my wife, more or less the same as I did with my Haruta. And um, she taught me very quickly that that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah. um, with, uh, with the exact phrase of, I'm not your Haruta. Um, and so I had to learn the sugya, figure out what does that mean? What does it mean that, you know, and we're here we're learning together, we're learning Torah, taking turns reading, asking questions and answers, but I realized that the style is different, and I said that, that you know, was brought home further by various women students, um, who, uh, I remember one student I had was actually a married student, who felt I was too tough on her, um, and she had her husband speak to me about that. And we're still in contact, this is many years ago, so Baruch Hashem, it, it, uh, it ended well. But uh, I realized over the course of the years, in fact, it's interesting that when I was in university, um, at the time, I didn't like it so much, but with great experience, I appreciated the wisdom of this veteran uh, non-Jewish professor. He was, he was way out. He was like a Marxist, and he was blind. He was an interesting guy. He screamed a lot. Um, he was blind and he was a professor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he, I, I assume he went blind after his studies, but I don't know, it's possible to learn, you know, um, just by hearing. But whatever it was, he, you know, so he, um, 
he was an interesting man, and uh, he would pick on the guys and make fun of them, but he never picked on the women. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's like at the time, it seemed discriminatory, but I realized there was a certain chachma in, you know, there's a different discourse between men and women, and my experience in, in Batimidrash and Yeshivot, which was my first experience of learning for many years, um, was very different than what I experienced when I saw women learning it in Havrusa at Midrash Rachel, um, which made me understand that there's something different. There's, in theory, the same thing is going on. Everybody's learning Torah in pairs or threes or whatever it is. Same text, I mean, not always, but many of them are the same text. And yet, um, it's very different. So, I want to bring some insight into that as much as I can, share with you, and uh, look at a couple sources, and at the end open it up if there's questions or discussion, whatever it is. Um, one thing I'm not going to talk about, even though uh, the second source deals with the issue, and here, footprints, I'll wait a second, shalom, shalom, that's fine, how are you? Good. Good. Your husband here or you're solo? My husband's still trying to put the kids to bed. Ah, okay. Let's say it again. Yeah, let's change. No, wait. Okay, so um, let me get another source sheet. Oh, you brought it. Are you the one that no, brought it? No. I just passed. The rock just passed me like. Oh, okay. Boy, I'm getting senile. Wow. <laughs> as soon as I walked in. Okay, there you go. It's a reaction. Anyway, so, I, so I'm, I'm just, I was just introduct, introducing the class and telling you my experience is what I'm bringing as much as the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experience is from learning with women and observing how women learn as well as obviously knowing how men learn. And, um, I mentioned in my own marriage, my wife and I have been learning on and off for 30 years. Um, interestingly enough, and I'll share the mistake I made over Shabbos, that you know, even after 30 years, it's still possible to make mistakes, which, which, which cracked me up, cracked my wife a little less, but, uh, but uh, that, that here I, I told her I'm going to be teaching about this tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll speak about what happened over Shabbos. It was, it was Bakshim, wasn't a major altercation, um, or a battlefield, as uh, the title um, would, would say. So, um, before we start to the, to the pr- main part of the presentation, um, I just want to tell you what I'm not, not going to speak about so much, is what women can learn, right? We, we know there's a whole discussion about Torah Shabbat right? I mean, everybody pretty much agrees women can learn Torah Shabbat it's the Rambam, um, says as much, and it's pretty much what everybody does. Um, pretty much across the specter, so that's not an issue. Um, women learn halacha as well, but as far as Gemara, which is the main thing that guys do in most yeshivot, so there's a whole discussion about it. Um, obviously, in the Haredi world, it's generally not done. In certain parts of the modern Orthodox world, it's, it's uh, accepted as the common practice. There are sources on both sides. I'm not going to get into that. Um, 
we'll touch this, the second source touches on it, but that's not my focus. So you know, I'm sure there's Shurim and Rebbeim here who you can all approach. Um, obviously, like I so said, there are different approaches. So that's um, I think that's all we need to say about that. So so one of the questions is um, is it a good idea to learn with your spouse, right? In other words, um, not everything that spouses do do they have to do together, right? Um, you know, if, if someone is really interested in cooking and the other one isn't, doesn't mean that both of you have to be in the kitchen at the same time, um, having one person be bored while the other person is, uh, is involved in cooking. Or, uh, for example, I, I like to hike a lot. My wife's not as less of a nature person, so I do it and she doesn't. Or, you know, you don't have to share everything. That's, that's I mean, pretty obvious, but it's important to state. Um, so there has to be a, a good reason to learn Torah together. Um, any ideas? Why, 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 why yes? Um, especially, I mean, again, especially since um, it's a sensitive area for, for a variety of reasons we'll get into, but, you know, if it's a sensitive area and there's no reason yes to learn, then the default is not to learn. So yeah. what are the reasons? Why should we learn with our spouse? What do we get out of it? Yeah. Maybe like a connection. A connection. What type of connection? We connect uh, to each other and to God. Right. So it's, in other words, everything you do creates a connection, but this is a different dimension. And there's this dimension of learning Torah, uh, which creates a, a, I think you put it very well, creates a three-way bond. Yeah. In other words, your relationship is no longer just a relationship of you and each other, yeah. but rather it's you and each other and this text, which comes from God. Right, so it's it's a it's a powerful experience, and it, when we learn with teachers and havrusas, we feel a special connection. Right, this is why you know I mentioned my um, university professor. So even though I you know I appreciated him, I you know I lost contact as soon as I finished the class because it wasn't you know it was nice, it was a good good guy, good professor, um, but that's it. There wasn't you know any special connection that I felt that. You know, this is my heritage, this is what I'm really into, and this is what I want. Here's a person who's steeped in something that's very special to me, and that's eternal and that's spiritual. So, when you learn Torah together, again, whether it's in a class situation, whether it's in a Havrusa situation, or Chabura situation, um, it creates a special type of bond. So that, I think, is an important, uh, very important uh, part, a very important reason, yes, to learn. What else? What what other um, what other reasons might there be to learn with your spouse? So, one thing is, um, I said that you don't have to share everything. So, if uh, another example, a guy likes football, so and and women may not like football. I mean, you know, guys clobbering and you know running around with the ball. It's, I mean, it's pretty pretty really pretty silly if you think about it. But, you know, whatever guys get into it, and it's hard to, uh, you know, for some, for some guys they really get into it, it's hard, they, they, want, they, they enjoy it, they want to keep watching it, and the women doesn't. Okay, so I mentioned hiking. So these are what we call hobbies, these are like sidelights. But Torah, and especially while you guys are learning, that, that is the center of your life. Hopefully the center of your life for good. But, um, you know, it's not just a sideline. It's really at the center. 
and you want to you want to share that center. You want to share that with your wife, with your wife, with your husband. Um, you know, you you want to be able when you have something that you learned, you want to be able to share it with your spouse. You know, you, you heard this great chidush from Rabbi Shorin. I heard you know, Rabbi Karlinsky yeah. gave this great Musa shmuz. Um, so, so you want to be able to share that. And if you don't have a common language of learning, it makes it more difficult. In other words, you're talking apples and she's talking oranges. So, you know, if you don't, you're hearing different things from different people. Uh, you mentioned coming from different traditions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to communicate across traditions is sometimes like translating. Um, all the words we use, we're translating ideas into words, um, and quite often we mean different things by the same words. So the more you, learn, you speak about learning, the more you understand what each other means and where they're coming from. Um, and again, if that's the center of your life, I mean, obviously when you talk about you know, babies or dinner or bills, you both know what you're talking about. There's no, you know, it's not a big deal, and that's, that's something you share. Um, but Torah's a little more sophisticated than that, um, especially, you know, you guys have been learning for a while, so it's more sophisticated. Um, you need to create that common language. What else? Any other, any other ideas? Why it's good to... to spend time together? Yeah, spend time together, absolutely. Um, so, you know, a big concept in Judaism, um, one of the heavy guilt trips that we learn in yeshiva is what, what is called Bitul Torah. Right, um, which is an important concept. Um, you know, I don't mean to make fun of it. It's an important concept. The idea that if you have extra time, you should be using it to learn Torah. That's the best thing you can do with the extra time. Again, that's a whole different topic. When is it okay not to learn Torah, etc., etc. But you're right. Um, if I set times aside for Torah and I set uh, times aside for my wife. Um, it's good, so to speak, to kill, it's a bad expression, but to, to kill two birds with one stone, meaning you, you need to use that time learning Torah anyway, and you need to be with your spouse anyway. So rather than um, always be speaking about other conversations about this person and that person, whatever you speak about, and it's important to have those casual conversations, obviously, um, but sometimes it's really appropriate to fill it in with something more meaningful. So absolutely, that's a, that's a good reason. I would, I would add one more reason, and we'll, we'll see the, the next source to give us some um, insight into it. Um, I think it's extremely enriching um, to see how Torah is understood by the opposite sex. Um, Ruth Cook speaks about uh, the loss that uh, Tzniut creates. He says that because Tzniut, we really can't have men and women like conversing all the time. It's not. It's not appropriate. Um, I remember even when I had, um, I, I set up two havrutot with uh, with alumna from from Adresh Rachel um, under very specific circumstances. But I remember feeling funny about it because it's not. It's not so simple. To uh, for a man, you know, a teacher, a uh, man teacher, and, and uh, it rarely happens the other way, it almost never happens the other way. But uh, for a man teacher to have a one on one with, with a woman, no matter if it's an open area, it's still, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not simple. Um, so if Cook says that, because obviously, 
Snoot prevents us from spending a lot of time with the opposite sex beyond our spouse um, and our daughters or sons, you know, family situations. Um, but he says we, we lose out understanding a whole different perspective on life. Um, and again, if, if for, what, for us, what's central to life, to understand how we understand our lives is Torah, so, so long as we only learn with guys or girl, women only learning with women, you're missing out that perspective. You're, you're seeing Torah from one half of the world. You're not seeing it from the other half of the world. And um, I think, for me, anyway, um, it's been very enriching. There's a book put out a long time ago called The Voice of Sarah uh, by a woman named Tamar Frankiel. And she speaks about how women look at Torah differently. It's, it's, it's a great book. I, I don't know if it's still around. I, I had the copy and I lost it many years ago. Um, I know the author, but uh, it could be they have it in one of the libraries, I don't remember. But Nakis, it's a, it's, a, it's a very good book that speaks about how women look at, um, at Torah and spirituality. So I want to share uh, one source, I mean a couple of sources, but uh, the first source is rather short. You may have seen it before. Um, it's a Gemara Brachot about Rabbi Meir and his wife. Uh, who remembers Rabbi Meir's wife's name? You remember? Uh, Meir is Bruria. Right, that's right. That's yeah. right. Bruria was his wife's name. I knew that. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anybody want to try to struggle through it? I didn't bring the translation. Biryonim. Biryonim are like um, bullies, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Biryonim, the Habe Veshuvote, the Rebbe, yeah. In his neighborhood. Good. Good. That's uh, a hard word. Yeah. Habu Kamitzaru Tuba. Right. They were um, giving him excessively uh, sorrows. Right. Good. Habu Kabai Rabbi Meir Rachme Alavaihu. Um, so Rabbi Meir was asking from Hashem, uh-huh. um, you, oh, about them, about them. Okay. Um, they that they should die. So boy rachame means, I mean, in 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 simpler terms, means to pray, right? So he. Sought mercy means he he sought Hashem's answer to his prayers that uh, these people should die. Okay, go ahead. Amrle Bruria Devesu, his wife Bruria said to him, "My dadka mishum nixi itamu chataim nixi chotim." What is your um? What's your uh, reason for like? What's your perspective for doing this? Mm-hmm. Because it's written. Um, and the Chataim shall die. Right, is, so, is so, so that, that is from the psalm um, that we know as Barachinavshi, at the very end of Barachinavshi, it says, Yitamu Chataim min haaretz, 
Urashaim od Einam. Right? So, Yitamu uh, Chataim, the simple uh, understanding is that sins will cease. Right? Sins will cease from the world. There'll be no more Rishaim in the end of days. Right? So, she says to them, maybe it's because you read this uh, Mizmor, and it says, Yitamu Chataim. Miktiv Chotaim does what? Is it written Chotaim, which would mean sinners. Sinners. sinners, right? Sinners. If you read it that way, it would be uh, the prayer of David would be what? Yitamu Chotaim Mina Arts, which would mean what? The anyone who sins. Sorry? I didn't hear. The anyone who sins? Yeah, the, the sinners, right? The sinners, the sinners should. Uh, Die. Yeah, that's right. The sinner should die from the earth. Okay, so what does she, what does she continue to say? Oh, she so, so, so one she says, okay. right? So it's not, I mean, it's, it, it's interesting what the back and forth is exactly here. And what is she suggesting that he thought? Um, it could well be that um, sometimes we read the uh, verse differently than the way it's written, right? What's called a creek tiv. So it could be that she was saying, are you suggesting that it's a creek tiv? No, right? It, that's not the case. Uh, it's, it, it not only is it said chataim, but it's also written chataim. Could be that's what's going on. But in any case, go ahead. she gives another proof. But odd. Would she feel safer to cry? Um, descent to the bottom of the Pasuk. Rishayim od Einam. And Rishayim will cease to exist. Yeah, um, yeah. the Tamu Chataim. Rishayim od Einam. Right, right, right. Sins will cease and uh, Rishayim will cease to be. Yes, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting that, that they, uh, this version, this is from Sephoria and Steinzoltz version. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have put a, um, a, what do you call it? I would have put an exclamation point over there instead of a question mark. Um, I think she's saying, uh, she's making a statement that once there's no more sins, then they will not be Rashaim, right? Um, we pray that they don't sin. Right. Instead of right. pray that they'll die. Right, 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 right. right. That's how she's understanding Roshim Odena. As far as, the, you know, it's not important the Pshat, who's right, who's wrong, textually, what's interesting here is the argument. So he wants them to die, right? She uh, has a, a Havrusa session, basically, with him, right? She doesn't say, she doesn't start getting emotional or... Um, you know, demanding or questioning, but she's 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 getting to the text, and we know Bruria was a Talmidah Chachama, right? Was a, a Torah student just like her husband, and not only are they Torah students separately, we see here they're Torah students together, right? So she challenged him based on how she learns the pasuk. He says you you basically have no source for what you're saying. Um, if your source was Chataim. Uh, uh, then you're wrong and she gives a second proof so then she comes to her conclusion go ahead, what's her conclusion? Bairachmane uh, rather Hashem wanted 
No, no. So, so we said but oh, boy rock and ice. Yeah. Right. So so so. Oh, he he by rock and ice. He loves by who. Rather, he he asks Hashem that he should return to Shiva. So she's she's oh. still talking here, and she says, "You ah, should you seek Rachame. You should seek uh, prayer. You should seek mercy from God. That they should do what? That they should be choser b'tshuva." Um, and then Rashaim Odena. So what happens at the end? Then Rachmane, Balayhu Hadru b'tshuva. Right. Right, so he uh, he listened, and they uh, the the prayer worked, right? Yeah. And they did shuvah. Okay, so everybody's happy, right? One uh, one would think, right? So um, first of all, like I said, this this show this is a precedent of men and women, husbands and wives particularly learning together. Are there other uh, Yalton Rav Nachman? We see another place doing the same thing. Uh, but here, what interests me is whether perhaps their different perspectives comes from their gender. Yeah. Meaning, is you know why didn't uh, in, in Gemara when we learn Gemara we often think well why didn't X think the same as Y, right? Well, maybe in this case. Um, Burya, like she had more rachamim. Right. Don't tell them. Right. Right. From what right. I understood. Yeah. So I think so. I think so. And and I think that that's, uh, but it, it, that's entirely correct. Is that um, women will generally have more rachamim than men, whereas men is more, are more din oriented, mm -hmm. and uh, therefore, this is exactly what happens here. What's interesting, by the way on all sorts of uh, levels, is that Rabbi Meir uh, accepts what she says, mm -hmm. right? In other words, not only does he, you know, sometimes you'll, uh, you'll say yes just because you don't want to make an argument, right? But how do we see that Rabbi Meir really agreed with his wife? I don't think he said anything after that. Well, he didn't say anything, but he did something. He doesn't. He listened to it, right. And there's halacha lamaisa, right? She paskined, and he said, yeah, that's right, that's right. And the Gemara says, you know, then the story is that it was successful, right? And there's psukim that Hashem prefers tshuva uh, to the death of Rishaim. So that's definitely uh, an important uh, text in terms of showing us both that um, men and women can and sh should learn together in proper perspective and is that, that not only do women have what to gain but men also have to gain um, and to see that you know, part of what the machloket seems to be is not so much a machloket as much as an orientation um, which is often the case you know, um, why is Beit Hill and Basham I disagree um, you know, they're, if they're shivim panim Torah. If there are multiple ways to see the same suya, the same approach, right? When the when the bat the bat call says elu ve'elu dvarim elokim chayim, that the, both perspectives of Beit and Beshamai are grounded in the Torah. So what makes one think one way and one the other? So it's likely the way they look at life, the way their the, the you know their life experience. 
um, obviously it doesn't mean anything goes, but it means there's going to be different legitimate perspectives. And what this tomorrow suggests is that sometimes the perspectives are going to be divided between the men and women, and they're both right. Okay, um, I want to look at the, the other source, and I'm going to go through the whole thing. Um, and again, it's somewhat, a lot of it is tangential and deals with the whole issue of whether women should be learning or not learning. Uh, so this is the Torah Tmima, it's a, it's a third source. Torah Tmima is uh, Baruch Levi Epstein, um, whose father was the Orach Shulchan. And he's a very interesting person for all sorts of reasons, but uh, Torah Tamima, he says a lot of things that are very innovative um, in the notes. And if you've all seen, have you ever seen the Torah Tamima? I haven't. You haven't? Okay, so it's um, essentially, um, he brings different, uh, sort of like Rashi on some level, he brings different things that are found in the Talmud and the Midrash uh, about the different sukkim. And then he'll often have his own comments about that on the bottom. So the psukim of the Torah, right? So so here's an example in um, in Dvarim, right? Speaks about teaching et b'neichem, right? Bimaratim et b'neichem. This comes out of the Kriyatshma. Um, so you're supposed to teach your sons. So one of the things that's learned out over there, if you look at the source, right, which is Vav. So the drash of Chazal is et b'neichem v'lo et b'notechem mikan sha'isha ena chavim etzuvim alamda. So you're teaching, thank you. Uh, you're, you're, you're supposed to be teaching. The fact that it says your sons, it means your sons and not your daughters. And from here you see that uh, no one is obligated to teach uh, a woman, right? Meaning that, as opposed to a, a boy, a boy if he has no father, so the community is obligated to learn to teach him. That obligation doesn't exist for uh, a daughter. Okay, so that's just to show you the setup. Um, he gets into a side issue and he talks about the famous, uh, the famous. If you look in the bold print, right, uh, three lines. I mean. The second line to the source, really, um, after Vav, so where it's, uh, it starts bold. So, Nivaya Masha Katavnu Makumachele Kavem Lashvot Amama Nashim Datan Kalot, Imamama, Binidam Mhei, Amudbet, Binayeteranatan Kashbalhu, Bishayotel Mebeish. So he's dealing with two sources. The first one, um, right, um, women have dat. That kala, they have. I mean, a, a simple translation would be they have weak knowledge, okay, or weak intellect. Um, I. That's not how Rashi understands. I don't think that's what it means, but I think that's how the Tartamima is going to understand it. So, and and he's not the first one to understand it that way. Mm. Again, for our purpose, it's not that important. It's a whole discussion to good shiur, but I'm not going to give it tonight. Isn't that kala? I would understand like. Easy, you not know, like easy dot. It comes to them easily. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think no. So, so given the context, and as if you if you saw the Gemarat where it's found, it's in Nida Memhe. If you want to look at it, Abu Dzara Yitzayin Abu Bet. So that's that doesn't seem what it's talking about. Um, 
it, it seems to be a problem, but my sense, again, according to Rashi, and, the, and, and especially in terms of the context, that really has nothing to do with intelligence or mm -hmm. intellect. But put that to the side. That's, again, mm -hmm. that's, that's not what we're talking about tonight. Um, he just wants to compare that with another statement, which is also famous, um, which goes the other way and says that women have more bina. So they have weaker dots, but they have more bina. So he says, lechora, it would seem like they contradict each other. Shalachora, so trima mamarim zelezeh, kechad moreal kalut kisharon da'atam, sheni al yitaron kishona. So the first one is um, speaking about having a weaker kisharon. What's kisharon? Uh, ability. Connection. An ability. Kisha, you think of kesha with a yeah. tooth. But mm -hmm. kisharon with a kaf is ability or talent. So uh, it's teach one, one seems to be sp speaking about a lesser ability when it comes to the intellect. On the other hand, their understanding seems to be superior which seems to be have to have greater ability. So, um, again, it's a very long source. We're, we're, we're just going to touch on a few is things. Is talking about women? Sorry? About that, their, that their understanding is greater, but their intellect is, is it's lesser, weaker. weaker, right. Right, that's what he says. And he wants to come up with um, a resolution of what does that mean. So we'll, we'll continue in the, in the bold phase. Um, and he says what is in fact obvious, is it's really obvious, that is different than bina, they're two different things. So the fact that you have more bina doesn't mean you have more dat, um, and vice versa. So he, he explains what he thinks they are. So um, he says that dat is the initial impression uh, the initial intellectual impression that we get about something. Whereas Bina is the idea that we create after we've internalized it uh, with a deeper understanding and over a longer time. And uh, Bina is often understood with understanding one thing out of another. There's comparing, we'll call it analysis. Okay, so uh, let's, let's say that, according to the Torah Tmima, is understanding, and Bina is analysis. So it comes out that men are better at uh, understanding, the initial understanding, and women are better at analysis, which is interesting, because oftentimes I think we would say perhaps the opposite, right? But that's what the Torah says, says that since Bina is built on top of Dant, because understanding is the first level, and then you come to, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, yeah, understanding of something is, is, is the first level, and then you analyze it. So the first floor, if the first floor is not solid enough, then even though the second floor might be more sophisticated, it's based on something that's, that's you know, sort of a house of cards. The, the bottom floor is not solid. That's what he says, and he says that's what's necessary to learn Torah Shabbat um, etc. 
And he also points out that uh, women are mature earlier than men, right? And he says that that's based on, on having been a uh, mature, I mean, he's not talking about your age, he's talking about, uh, even though it might be true, but, uh, but uh, he's talking about 12 and 13, right? Well, a woman is responsible, a girl is responsible in mitzvot earlier than, than, a, than a boy, because their minds develop uh, more quickly, says the Torah um, Physiologically, apparently, that's the case as well. Uh, so, uh, the bottom paragraph is very interesting. Uh, just, again, it's not necessarily related to our topic, but he speaks about, he gives a source from Italy that uh, says that, you know, the, the idea that women should learn Tereshval Peh is talking about young girls who are not ready for it, but someone who is devoted and serious about it is something else and they should be encouraged, etc., etc. But again, I'm not here to plug one way or another, simply just that you should be aware of it um, as an aside. My interest in this is more to show um, that in Chazal and later sources, we see an appreciation for different ways of um, grasping thought and ideas um, so that whether one wants to learn like the Torah Tamima in terms of what's that, what's one's Bina, um, nonetheless, the fact remains that men have something that women don't intellectually in the learning of Torah, and women likewise have something um, such that, uh, I'm not saying that you're going to have your best Havrusa with your spouse, but nonetheless, there's, there's something that you're not going to get from your um, your Havrusa that's, that's uh, you know, of the same sex. So, uh, I, again, it's an idea of if a man and woman can learn together, then there's certain things that are going to happen that wouldn't happen otherwise, and positive things that are going to happen. So this is another plug for the benefit of, of doing that, right? That being said, so this, theory, this is all theory. I always said on a theoretical level, you know, it's great, and there's all the benefits, and, you know, let's go. We're all ready to go tonight before you go to bed. You're going to have a hamrusa with your, with your husband or wife, and it's, you're going to steig up till, you know, midnight. And, uh, but, okay, so that, that sounds great on the theoretical level. However, however, um, there are some practical obstacles that get in the way, and you have to be ready for that. Um, before we even get to that... Um, Sorry? <laughs> right, right. So that, that's one obstacle that's in everybody's life, preventing us from doing all sorts of things. Uh, but beyond that, there's other obstacles um, that are particular to this. And before I get to them, I think it's important to understand that in a marriage, um, especially early on, early on, first five, ten years, um, that everything you do, um, the, the activity itself is second to the marriage, right? Um, I, I remember advising a, an old student who said, you know, should I argue about this? He said, no. Should I argue about that? He said, no. <laughs> the, the bottom line is the marriage is much more important than just about anything else, right? Unless the person is converting to Christianity, um, you know, you, you have to focus on what's good for the marriage. So that's important. So even in, in the context of Torah learning, and Torah learning, we're very serious about it. Torah is very special and should be very special. We're looking for truth. 
right? Um, we want to know what the text says, and it's really important. And therefore, if your Havruta makes a mistake, it's important to try to correct them. Because this is not just, again, just a theoretical exercise. This is something that's very serious and very dear to us. It's Dvar Hashem, it's the Word of God. Um, so we are very serious about it. Uh, that being said, when you're learning with your spouse, you have to understand that that may not be the most important thing. Right, the famous idea that God, we raise God's name um, for um, Shalom ben Ishle Ishto in the case of the Sota, right? So um, one has to have the proper perspective. What are the more practical obstacles? So, number one, um, you're coming with different skill sets. Um, quite often, um, you know, all of you. Um, are, you know, have backgrounds. So what that generally means is that a man will have more background in Torah and a woman will have more background in Tanakh, for example. Um, that means, and this is usually harder for the guys, um, that means that, you know, your wife may know more than you, right? You have to be ready to be, not just to correct, but to be corrected by your wife. I remember... Um, um, you know, we once, my, my wife is an English person, like she's an editor and uh, she studied English, English literature, so that means she's better at Scrabble than I am. Yeah. Um, I remember when we were first married, so we went to this place where they had board games and she kept on beating me. It was extremely difficult for my ego. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, so, you know, that happens in learning also, right? We just saw Ramir Kaviachol being beaten by Bruria, mm -hmm. right? Um, for women, it's, again, the, the, the exercise is usually more cooperative, so it's not as big a deal, though for some women it is. And it can be if the, if the husband is coming with more information, but makes it into a display of arrogance. So you're coming with different skill sets, you're coming with different backgrounds, and most importantly, you're coming with different understandings of what a Havrusa is. Right? So I mentioned before that um, women tend to come to a Havrusa as a cooperative exercise. Right? I've almost never heard, I mean, I have actually in one group, which I was very impressed with, but generally um, women are extremely gentle with each other. Um, in Havrusa, and so if someone makes a mistake, you know, it's very, it's very kind, you know, the, 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 if they correct the mistake, um, it's generally very kind, uh, right? right? It, part of the Havrusa experience in the Beit Midrash is use, is, um, yeah, it's yelling at each other, but, but it's, it's in order to, um, what's the word? It's in order uh, to make a mark. Get their point across. No, no, no. no I'm not. Uh, not I'm not finding the word that I want. Um, um, to use, you know, the Yitzhahara, so to speak, to use it for good, right? And there was a, a man has quite often Yitzhahara to dominate. I mean, it's not so much different than than sports, right? So. Um, in fact, the, the Beit Midrash personality is not so different than the sports personality. Um, you know, it's the personality that comes out when you're on the basketball court. 
or women might be more familiar with the road, right? Road rage, right? In other words, it's very competitive, right? Um, and as a result, there is, you know, it's, it's encouraged to uh, not only not be gentle, but to uh, take it out in your harusa if he's wrong. And the reason that works is because men enjoy being on both sides. Men enjoy arguing, and at the end of the Havrusa, they come out best friends. Not always, but, uh, but most of the time. So it's a very different experience. It's not a cooperative experience, but it's very much a competitive experience. Um, where, uh, you know, in Shir also, the, 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 the uh, you know, for a lot of guys, the idea is to stump the Rebbe, come up with something that, you know, to show that you figure out something that the Rebbe hadn't thought of. Um, so this is a different style, and um, both men and women, spouses, a husband and wife, have to understand that it's not, you know, it's not Madrash Rachel, it's not Darche Noam. It's, it's something, it's got it's to be something in between, to be aware of your differences um, in terms of learning style and in terms of background. And on the contrary, again, not to uh, assume that you're going to be the one to give everything, but to make it uh, an experience where you're, the whole point of learning with someone as opposed to learning on your, on your own is that the other person has something to give to you, um, which, is, which is always the case, no matter what. Um, and, and sometimes the, the, the learning gap is, is uneven. It's not just that one knows Torah Shvalpeh and one knows Torah Shvalpeh. One is uh, advanced and one is, is more beginner. Um, that also has to be taken into consideration. And again, all of these things have to be um, subjugated to, un to the understanding that we have. this is something to build our relationship. It's not about the learning per se. Yes, we're learning Torah, and yes, that's, you know, for a million reasons, it's a wonderful thing to do, but the bottom line is when you do it with your spouse, um, it has to be an experience that builds the relationship. And it can, it should, but there's a, as I said, there's a lot of pitfalls along the way. So one has to negotiate them. And often, you know, a lot of things are about just making explicit what is you take for granted. So I, I mentioned at the beginning that I made a mistake um, over Shabbos with my wife in giving over Dvar Torah. And it was just the two of us. And um, I, I mentioned the Klei HaMikdash. So I assume she understood what the what and as a clay mikdash is um, is a technical term. It really is referring to the the mizbeach and the aron and the, and the shulchan. Yeah, I don't know. I assume that's someone's phone, but. Yeah, I thought it was the computer. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Cool sound. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No, it's fine. Um, so, so I mentioned Klam Mikdash, and I, I asked the question, why are the Klam Mikdash rectangular as opposed to round? And so my wife said, but how do you know they're, they're rectangular? Maybe they're round. So I was like, how can you say they're, they're round? <laughs> it sounded like Afikoris. <laughs> so, so, uh, sorry? The cure. The cure was, yeah, that's true. We're, uh, yeah, that's true. In fact, that, that crossed my mind, but we were talking, you know, it, it was clear we weren't talking about the QR. So, 
Um, you know, I didn't, she suffered my face or facial gesture that I, I didn't like what she had to say. <laughs> so, uh, so like, uh, so, so I, you know, I, I said, it's funny because, you know, this year or tomorrow and then like we're having an argument about learning. <laughs> um, but we, we analyzed the problem. The problem was that I used a technical term that she didn't know. You know, she, when, she, when she heard Kaleya Mikdash, she thought it meant like the Bezichim uh, and the, um, the, 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 the small tools that are used to, to play with the ashes and, and to carry things, a shovel and things like that. So that's what she thought I was talking about. Um, so there was, there was a misunderstanding. Again, misunderstandings are very easy. You have to slow down. When you, when you see something is, is wrong, Take a step back and try to figure out well, what happened here. Why, why, why is this not working? Because my my wife is fairly learned, so it didn't make sense to me. But again, you're you're coming from different backgrounds. Um, it, it's very interesting. You mentioned you're from Chabad, so um, every group has certain lingo that they use within the group. Yeah, and they're going to be using terms that are you know they assume are um, used. Universally, and we're to our Jews, and they, they, yeah. but they, but they're not. Like what's what's wet matzah? They can only use wet matzah with that name. Gabrox. Gabrox. Yeah. No, but that that's pretty. That's I mean, you're right. In the Sephardi world, they know that less. But but that that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> I, it's fine. I always I always get them mixed up. I'm not sure which one's wet and which one's dry. Gabrox and not Gabrox. <laughs> Gabrox is wet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You dip it so, in the in the wine on the yeah. last day. On the last day, right. Oh right, gosh, right, they're right. all way better things to dip it in than wine. <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> I don't know, that's not good. But um soup. Yeah. Or some avocado. But but so so you have to be what again when you when you're it's it's uh, I mean then this happens with any person in any discussion. Um and you should always you should always Try to make sure you're speaking the same language, using the same terms. Don't take things for granted. But especially with spouses, um, something like this could turn in, what, you don't know what clay hamikdash are? You know, how could you not know that term? And the answer is, they don't. You know, that clay hamikdash tends to be Torah and It's a Torah type of uh, concept. Um, so that, you know, you, 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 if you're immersed in a Sugin Gomorrah, for weeks at a time, yeah. and you forget that not everybody knows the the you know the terms that you're talking about. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, you know, I don't know how many years I spoke about Havaminas to my wife, uh, and, and, and you know, without her understanding, what is that again? Um, you know, a few years ago, so she was editing actually Gemara, so she started understanding a lot more Talmudic terminology, but. Um, this is not something you can take for granted. On the other hand, uh, we spoke about sharing, you know, your your partner's life. Um, there should be an effort to, and as you don't have to become a buck if you're a woman, you don't have to become a bucky and gemara. But you want to know what's going on. You want to have some idea. Um, you don't have to learn gemara itself to know what's going on in gemara. To learn, um, you know, uh, in, in many schools they have Torah Shabbat pay curricula. I mean, I know in Rosh Hashanah they speak about that, but it's something that um, is important to do. And the, and the same thing goes the other way. Um, you know, if your wife is a Tanakh person or Agada person, um, there's all sorts of things that you want to learn simply because your spouse is interested in it. So. Um, we're about five minutes 
from the uh, end times if you have questions or comments or jokes or experiences. Um, I'm happy to hear or answer. Or mm -hmm. Well, what would you like um, suggest couples to learn together good, about? Good, good, excellent, excellent question. Um, so, um, I remember early on learning halacha with my wife. Um, I'm not sure that's such a good thing. Um, on the other hand, it's good to know halacha together and it was to have halachic discussions. But I think the best, um, the best thing for uh, couples to learn together tend to be Parshanei Tanakh. Like uh, right now, I'm learning Ramban with my wife on on Chumash, um, so that brings in sort of both worlds. Uh, one thing that uh, my wife points out, and she's entirely correct, is the Mefarshim um, assume they're speaking to men. Uh, which makes it harder for women. Um, they're, they're constantly using terms, and, and that's exactly what we said not to do. Uh, that's what they do, because they, they, the world of learning was basically uh, a man's world. Um, you know, even Beis Yaakov. Sorry? Yeah, but they were unusual. They, obviously, we said, we said uh, Bruria learned, Yalta learned. There, there was exceptions to the rule, mm -hmm. but they learned, the, they learned the male universe. Today, there's a, a world of women's learning. Mm -hmm. Um, even the Haredi world, it's, you know, it's, it's just a lot, a lot of women learning and learning a lot and knowing a lot. Um, that is new. That you know is pretty much a hundred years old. No, no, no more than that. Mm -hmm. So when Rashi was writing, yeah, his granddaughters might have enjoyed it, but it was clear that if they were to enjoy it, they'd have to just be like guys. Mm -hmm. it, it was you know that that was the world. There wasn't there wasn't a, a world of a woman's big midrash. Um, so that's how why they wrote the way they wrote. Um, on the other hand, a woman who's um, one of the things that the Rishonim also knew they didn't just know Torah Balpe, but they knew um, Tanakh in and out. They knew it really, really well. And again, some women don't know Tanakh so well, but for for a woman who has a solid Tanakh background, um, there's no question that there's a give and take in in, in that. Another good thing to learn, even though I'm sure you've, you've learned it more than once, um, is Pirkei Avot. Pirkei Avot with Mepharshim mm -hmm. is, is a wonderful thing to learn um, with your spouse. Um, another thing that can and should be learned is the Sidur. Sidur is learned far too infrequently. But it's like we got from different It's all right. It's basically the same. I mean, there's enough that's the same. That uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Any other questions, comments? So you said Tanakh, Perkei Avot, and Sidur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said it's the halacha, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, that's my personal thing. I, I, like I said, halacha is. Um, it's a funny limud in general because. Yeah. Um, the Talmud Chacham learns from the Gemara through uh, halacha is really is a long drawn out process that's how the ideal way to learn halacha um, learning one thing after another is is difficult so what serious yeshiva guys do when they learn halacha is they take a whole you know they go through you know they'll do it with Mishnah Burr and they'll go carefully and slowly with all sorts of references, um, which is not ideal. Uh, on the other hand, to learn 
something like Shmer Shabbat Kilchatan, or something is also not ideal uh, because it's not, you know, it may be more what the um, what women are used to, but it's not so uh, it's not so fit for for men, especially in yeshiva. I forgot one more uh, criteria, one more qualification I had for giving this shiur. Um, my wife, besides being my Havruta, um, sometimes was from the first class at Medrash Rachel. And uh, it, when Medrash Rachel started, uh, it was the same teachers at both schools. And uh, so among their teachers, Rabbi Kalinsky, and, and that, that was his first exposure to, uh, to teaching women. So not only did I learn how to teach women from my wife, it's at Rabbi Kalinsky. Wow. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's... Uh, as I said, I think it's a really, uh, it's a really fine thing, but it's also it can be a powder keg. So um, do it. I strongly recommend doing it, but um, take a lot of time and prepare and um, know what you're in for. And um, if there's a, a sense that there's going to be friction, remember the learning is not as important as Sean Bryant. Yeah. Uh, you can always learn somewhere else, but you can't have, uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess you can get divorced, but <laughs> that's not the idea. <laughs> so, Zat uh, Hashem should all be matzliach in your learning, in the Beit Midrash, and outside the Beit Midrash. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.